What'd you say? You do here. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of the What Would You Say You Do Here podcast. I'm your host, Dan Gale, the president of Leona Marketing Group. Each week, we're going to talk to the movers and shakers of sports to find out a little bit more about their roles, about their jobs, and ultimately, what would you say you do here? Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's edition of the What Would You Say You Do Here podcast, powered by Leona Marketing Group. I'm your host, Dan Gale, speaking with a good friend today. Tim McMurray, the director of athletics, has been at every stop along the way of external uh, and is now six years at Division II Texas A&M Commerce. Tim, thank you for joining us this week. Dan, great to be with you. Well, I'm going to hit you with the tough one. What would you say you do here? You know, with the last 17 months in this crazy profession, I I ask myself that almost every day. Uh, So lately, it's been managing and mitigating health, safety, and risk of our student-athletes. But as as you mentioned, as athletics director at A&M Commerce, my my five daily – well, there's three there's three daily challenges and then and then five opportunities. And I really think balancing compliance and economics, those three things, balance, compliance, economics are, are the key variables. Because I say all the time, if we don't market a game or sell a ticket, the, the student athletes can still take the field and compete. Um, but if if compliance and student athlete success, academics aren't doing their job that can keep kids off the field. So that's why that that balance and compliance go hand in hand first. And then certainly the economics, you know, resources are dominating headlines throughout our profession at various levels. And we certainly have to manage those. And then those five opportunities are our student athlete experience, our people, whether it's coaches, staff, alumni, campus partners, political acumen, certainly on campus and in the community. And you and I've just seen that unfold at, in our recent project together, and then certainly uh, resources and facilities being fourth and fifth. And so that's on a very high level. That's what I would say any good athletic director does. And and, and certainly those are what help me stay focused because you and I both know it's very easy in the AD's chair to, to lose focus or to have your day change on a daily basis. Hundred percent. I don't know how anybody kept focused during COVID when you didn't know what was going on the last year. But that's what's going to lead me to. What got you into this crazy industry of college athletics? So really fortunate uh, when you know we know when we hired student interns, GAs, entry level positions. A lot of resumes look the same, and, and I got a great piece of advice from from at the time the sports information director at Lamar University. I was. I was a junior in high school and I actually went to interview him for my high school newspaper. I was sports editor, football player, baseball player, that kind of thing. And was very blessed to have gotten the writing gene from my dad. He was the managing editor of a local newspaper. And I, um, his, his name was Rush Wood, a good Southeast Texas name. Right. Um, and Rush gave me uh, a lot of great advice, gave me a great interview got me really to start thinking about athletics as a profession that you could do it for a living. And I was just hoping to get a job as a student worker when I got to college a year later. And and he thankfully offered me that. So as I got into the media relations side, I was one of those guys first two, three years in college 
changed my major four or five times. I thought I wanted to go into sports business, maybe sports law, something. And I kind of looked around the athletic department one day and just this light came on like, man, I work with a lot of adults. This is this could be a really, really interesting, cool profession. And started to talk more about that, came up with a game plan. By my the end of my junior year, I was essentially and, and Lamar was, you know, very low resource division one. We were in the American South, which became the Sun Belt at the time. And I basically became the baseball SID as a student worker. So that was a big responsibility. So as I gained traction there, now at that level, as you know, you're laying out publications, donor guides, ticket brochures, really got to dip my hand in a lot of things as a junior, senior in high school. And and through that, with some attrition my, my senior year, the, the back half of my senior year with both my bosses leaving, got promoted right into the full-time assistant SID role. And four years after that, Mike O'Brien, my good friend who's retiring from Toledo here this summer, uh, Mike promoted me to assistant AD for external at the age of 25. There was more than four, there was four digits in front of the decimal at that point. And I had a company car, nice, cool, mid-sized car. And I thought that was awesome. And I'm cruising around making 31,000 with the car. And I thought that was, you know, I was, I was loaded single, you know, really had an assistant AD title. And, and from there, just very, very fortunate to continue to, to, to wrap, ratchet up the career and make some strategic stops along the way. Man, I got to tell you, we, we all remember those first jobs when you thought you were rich and loaded. And now, yeah. you, you, regardless of what you make, it's tough. That's but, exactly right. Uh, you know, now you've been at those various levels. You know, you, see, you started Lamar and then you've been at, at varying levels throughout your career. Um, you know, what ultimately led you to Division Two in, in commerce and now being there six years? You know, yeah, what terrific. was it that attracted you? Terrific question. I the, the stair steps very quickly went from Lamar to Texas State at the time was Southwest Texas State. They, they had created a, a major gifts external position because the, it was at the time they were making the Division 1A push. We were 1AA slash FCS when I was there. Had a great experience there, learned a lot, a lot of responsibility that grew five and a half years. Met my smoking hot wife, as you know, Dan. Uh, Vicky, she was working the College of Ed there. Uh, and then moved on from there to Northern Illinois University, working for Jim Phillips, our friend, the commissioner of the ACC. Really learned a lot between learning from Jim Phillips and Mike O'Brien. They really um, catapulted my career and, and really taught me how to be what I call a comprehensive administrator. Was very fortunate from NIU. Um, our good friend Tim Leonard helped bring me back to SMU, worked with him and worked for two really, really great athletic directors with very different styles, Steve Orsini and Rick Hart there at SMU. And then, Dan, were you and I uh, united uh, at University of Maryland, getting to work for and with Kevin Anderson and and Nate Pine, a good, good friend of ours, and taking the baton from Nate very shortly after I got there. He was named athletic director at Holy Cross. And, and really, um, you know, all kidding aside about the fun we had there together, Really learned a lot about the, the the business model and thinking strategically about how we do things. And, and the great thing was you and I could fuss and discuss some things and then take it back to our bosses and and, and really enjoy that collaborative relationship. And I think that's what, you know, has helped me grow on the external side. And due to, you know, more of a personal situation than anything at the time with 
with our blended family, it was the right time to return to Texas and, and, and reset some things. And, and this, Hey, I wasn't looking uh, for the A&M commerce opportunity, but when I got a phone call about it, uh, cause I was involved in a couple of other, uh, well, three other, uh, division one opportunities at senior associate deputy level, one in two in state and one out of state at the time. And the commerce was intriguing because I did a little bit of research and knew the outgoing athletic director, Ryan Ivy really well and knew what he had done there. And, and it was just very, very intriguing uh, because I, I felt like Ryan had poured the foundation for the track and the next person, if effective was going to get to come in and run on it. And that's exactly thankfully what's happened and been really, really blessed to, to learn a lot about that level. Um, Ren Baker and Jared Mosley, two mutual good friends of ours who were both former division two ADs, they were really, really helpful in that transition, preparing for the process and going through it and what to look for, not look for. Cause I wasn't as familiar as you and I've talked about now with our D2, with our D2 experience, wasn't familiar with the equivalency model, quickly became acclimated to it and, and really understand at this level, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to change conferences based on a television contract or based on, you know, what, what the, 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 the payout might be at the end or, any of that. I'm looking for ways to generate more external revenue uh, at our level, which is something that a lot of at our level may not put an emphasis on because that's not their background. Uh, but if we generate more external revenue, we can give our kids what we call our mission is to provide that best in class experience. That's obviously got a, a double, really triple meaning with the academic side, the athletic side and the life skill development side, preparing them for their career. So we really feel like that um, the the perspective that we've brought in the, the the last five and a half six years has allowed us to begin to do that. And when you focus on that student athlete experience, what you learn really quickly at our level, these are the kids that need the help. These are the kids we're making an impact on, right? And I'm not that's not begrudging any other level one, two, or three, but at the Division two partial model, I mean, even you know our uh, I, I use this metaphor all the time. Our starting quarterback, Harlan Hill, trophy winner, 2017, he was only on a 65, 70% athletic scholarship. Had some other institutional aid, right? Um, but, I mean, he lived by very modest means. He he needed every, you know, piece of aid, you know, like many college students do. But my point in telling that story is it's really done for love of the game at this level. We'll have a couple of guys, if they stay healthy, you know, get NFL training camp looked. We may have one or two combine invites, but it is love of the game. You know, if you're, we got a, a, an Olympic sport athlete on a 30% scholarship, he or she's out there playing because um, they, they want a great education. They see an opportunity to compete at a high level. And, and we try to instill that division 1.5 mindset in them. No, and I love that. And two things I want to unpack there for people listening. Yes, Tim and I were negotiating. I was on the CBS side when he was at Maryland. And the smoking wife thing was he sent me her contact because I had to pick her up on something. And it came up on my phone as smoking hot wife. So almost got me in trouble inadvertently. Almost got me in trouble. But but that's what popped up. So uh, I've had to change it in my phone now to what it says now that I'm married. Uh, But then you talk about external revenue of what you're doing. Well, you just did something that was very unique at the Division II level 
by outsourcing help on the ticketing and sponsorship side. You know, it's been done a lot on the Division One grander scale. Well, talk to us about, you know, what just happened for Texas A&M Commerce and the new partnership that was literally just announced this week. Yeah, feel really, really good about what we've done. We we had some interest from multiple companies, which is the most exciting thing. And and very much, um, again, Dan, to kind of brag back on our Maryland days, when I got here in, in 15, I, I knew our apparel deal needed some work because there really, there, there was one, but it, it wasn't as good as it could have been. And our friend, uh, Sean Sullivan, who I believe performed your wedding, officiated your wedding, <laughs> if that's... If, and, and, Tim uh, is the ultimate connector here. I'm going to jump in. He, he knows everybody in the industry. He he is the ultimate connector, and that's sure. one thing we both get along with. If you don't if you don't know Sully, you need to send him an email, and we'll you know put it John. on the Sullivan at LeonaMarketingGroup.com <laughs> if you'd like to reach out. So Sully, I call him. I'm like, man, can I, I look? I'm not. Even, I, I'm not looking for the Maryland deal. The Maryland deals one of a kind. I get that. But, you know, can you look at it? I think, you know, we'd rather be lucky than good sometimes. Right. I think the timing was really good because at the time Under Armour was looking to expand their business model in, into that, you know, regional um, emerging program style. And, you know, Sully got us connected with Greg Romine. We've, we're, we're, we're now in our second agreement with them. We've extended it it really unusual for our level, but we extended for a decade with because of the right commitment. And we're in year three of that and just really pleased and have been invited to headquarters. And, you know, they treat our coaches um, like they are uh, a, a power five partner. So we're not that. I, I, and I, what, what hit me right between the eyes is we went through some transition in our external unit leadership over the last seven months it is, the, the, and you were here on campus, Dan, recently losing Taylor Phelps, our, our, at the time, our senior associate AD for championship resources. Taylor played basketball here at a Commerce, was in the Honors College. And, and I couldn't just go out and replace that in, in the same way. And so as, as we went through a little bit of external transition uh, this, this spring, it gave me a chance to step back and look at how we maximize opportunity. And the way to the the way we we did it, I'm I'm really excited. Just signed uh, earlier this week with Tamar Sales, the own a marketing group. Dan, you and Brett have been tremendous, you know, leading and guiding and facilitating conversations. And and with respect for obviously a state contract and working with university procurement and and legal and and, and thankfully we have some some guardrails in place on our campus where where we can really do it in-house and efficiently with our procurement services office and great relationships over there. Very similar to the way we quickly got the RFP done for apparel in 16. If you have that good relationship, you can turn it around very efficiently in less than a month. And and what Tamar is going to come in and do is perfect with us investing, you know, virtually the same amount or even maybe a little bit less, uh, departmental capital on the front end, they're going to come in with, you know, more than three decades of experience leading, guiding, and managing our sales efforts. And and most importantly, we're going to have somebody that all they get up and do every day is think about selling. They're going to have the expertise of Mark Dyer and his terrific team and, and really look forward to that leadership. 
and they're not going to, we'll have people reallocated to go to the homecoming meeting, the family weekend meeting, who's handing out the schedule cards and posters that this, this we're transitioning basically an external relations coordinator position into full-time sales and then reinvesting a portion of a, of a, an executive level external role um, into the, the, the management fee and the administrative overhead required. So we're basically investing in expertise and focus for three years. And, and I think it's really going to be, uh, I hope, a very efficient and productive model because we've done heavy lifting on the corporate partner side. We, we've stabilized and started to grow our, our donor base, but we have, and, and we're very good at taking inbound. We have good customer service, um, but we do not have uh, really a true outbound sales focus that doesn't get distracted. And and that's what we're really looking forward to Tamar coming in and doing. Yeah, no, it was exciting. We got to work through that process together with the massive out looking at it and seeing, and, you know, it, 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 kudos. I'm going to give a, a shout out here to Tim and his team have done a great job of growing revenues on their own, but there's only so much you can do without that outside help. And it was great to work with the procurement team. I mean, over there with Travis and they were, they were phenomenal uh, to, to be able to work with. So it was awesome. We appreciate your trust in having us involved and with our friendship, but I, I want to hit you with the last one here. You know, we're running up on our time. So I got to hit you with what's keeping you up at night with everything that's going on right now. Yeah, great question. Uh, I, I think we certainly have to watch the the, the landscape of, uh, of what's happening with conference alignment, even at our level, because let's say that, that even, well, it's a, it's a 1A and a 1B. The 1A is what is the, how does the Delta variant affect football, volleyball, and soccer play in this fall? You know, I just had a D3 school in Te- Sol Ross in Texas today announced they're suspending football workouts. They've had a their coach passed away. They've had an outbreak in their team. So my what's keeping me up at night is our unvaccinated student athletes, frankly. The the one B long-term answer uh, is what you know, you can you can read on social media or, or traditional media. Are there going to be four super conferences? Are there going to be is the Big 12 going to sustain? What are they going to look like? What are they going to add TV markets, all that? The bottom line, if it is a model where there, there's a true NCA breakaway at some point, uh, you know, the, the, the only way that we give our student athletes a great championship experience at division two and postseason is because uh because our we don't get a true direct distribution from the March Madness contract with CBS, but it does go to fund uh, very meaningful academic well-being and athletic programs at the D2 level. And that's to base essentially administer those D2 championships. So so I've got that's keeping me up a little bit because what what happens um, if, if we don't share and play well in the sandbox, what, what does that do to the division two model that, that, that provides countless opportunities for enrollment on campuses throughout the country? Pretty tough right now in the collegiate landscape of what's keeping you up at night. So it, I, 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 I appreciate you taking the time because I know how busy it is, uh, for, for you, for your department, um, and, and really excited to see the, the new relationship you have work but also greater success coming from commerce under your leadership in the future. So Tim, T-Mac, thank you so much for the time. 
Uh, and as always, it's great to connect. Hey, enjoyed it, my friend. Best, best 20 minutes I've had in a while. Thank you. So there you have it. Tim McMurray, athletic director down at good old Texas A&M Commerce, giving us a little insight into his role, what he does. Nice little blurb there. I appreciate the the shout out for Leona as it was great to work with him uh, on his recent Tamar announcement uh, with their procurement and everything to get it done. Look forward to seeing what's next from good old commerce. So for another week, I'm your host, Dan Gale, signing off. Have a great one, my friends. Thank you.